keep an eye I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. Obviously, we are continuing our series at the movies, and so one of my favorite things about this is I love the smell of popcorn. And so walking in, smelling the popcorn, the butter gets me, gets me all excited and hungry. But we are going through this series, and today we are going through the message of Iron Man. Now, if you know anything about the movie, if you've seen the movie Iron Man, you know that it's about a man named Tony Stark who inherited a defense contracting company from his father. He took it over, and uh, he was doing a weapons demonstration, if you saw the first one, and he ended up getting injured in it. And so it caused him to be disabled, and so what he did is he created that suit that you saw on the, on the screen in order to help him to overcome his disabilities, to help him no longer be weak, but to be strong. And I thought, wouldn't that be really cool if we could all get a suit like that? You know, a suit that you could put on that would overcome all of your weaknesses and all of your disabilities that you have in life. Uh, one thing that I would love to be able to do is I would love to be a great singer. I am not. But wouldn't it be neat if I could just put on a suit and push a button and then I'd be a great singer? I, you know, I, I'm not fast, but it would be really nice if I would be able to put a suit on and, and push a button and then all of a sudden that I'm fast. Or, you know, there are times whenever I, I struggle with, with being um, a smart aleck. And wouldn't it be nice if I, could, if I could push a button and be even wittier than I am now? And so I just think, you know, well, how cool to be to have a suit like that. But here's the thing that is really I- incredible to think about is that, that God tells us in Scripture through Paul, he tells us that he does give us the ability to put on something that will enable us to overcome the weaknesses and the disabilities that we have in life. Uh, he lets us know, in, in a sense, that through Jesus being within us, that we have the opportunity and the ability to be like iron men, where there is nothing that can overcome us because of the power of Jesus. And so the question is this, well, well how does that happen? Well, today we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bible, we're going to look in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And this letter, of course, was written to the church in Rome. It was written about, they think, about 58 A.D. And so at the time when this letter was written, Rome was still, I mean, still a very powerful empire. They, they were still imposing their will over the ancient world during this time. And so if you were a citizen of Rome, it was a big deal. If you're a citizen of Rome, there were a lot of, a lot of perks, a lot of benefits that you had. But, but even if you were a citizen of Rome, there were still weaknesses that you would have. And it's just like today. Doesn't matter what country you were from, doesn't matter how much money that you have, there are still weaknesses that you and I have in our lives. And I, I'm just going to kind of sum it up in one real basic thing of, of where our weaknesses are. And, and it's this. Our great weakness is very simply that we are people. And just simply being people 
means that it comes with just some natural weaknesses and disabilities in our lives. But the good news is that Scripture teaches us, and teaches us today, that whenever we are suited up in Jesus, that we are like iron men. So, so what are we going to see today? We're going to see what being suited, in Je- suited up in Jesus brings us. From one, for one, it brings us freedom from judgment. Now, whenever you are in Christ, you receive freedom from judgment. And I think that is a basic fear and problem that most of us have in our lives, is that the fear of being judged. Let, let me read to you verses 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus, because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. What the law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in flesh like ours, ours, under sin's domain and as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, if you read through the book of Romans, there's just a whole lot of stuff in just in every little sentence. And it's like you sort of feel like you're like crawling through the weeds. And so what I'm going to, I hope what I'll do is I'm going to help us kind of go through the little bit of the weeds of this passage of Scripture. Because it's very important for us. And here's the very first thing that we are told. We're told, therefore, no condemnation now exists for those, and here's the key part, for those in Christ Jesus. Before we can have freedom... Before we are able to be iron men, what has to happen is we have to be in Jesus. And so the question is, well, how in the world did we get to be in Jesus? Here's the answer. Through faith by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift not from works, so that no one can boast. Now, if we are not in Christ Jesus, guys, that means you don't get the Iron Man suit. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, that means that there is a fate that you will face. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now, the good news is the last part of that verse where it tells us, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if, if, we're, if we're in Christ, it now means that we are free from the judgment of God. That means we don't have to live in fear. That as we live in this life, we know that whenever we have entrusted our lives to Jesus, that when we die and we stand before him, we do not have to worry about being condemned because of our sin, because we've been given freedom. Does that make sense? Now, now, now here's the little side note. That does not mean that because we follow Jesus, that we can live in sin and not have to worry about anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, you, you can read all throughout the Bible and you'll see this. One, one of the most interesting people to me in Scripture is King David. David was a guy that is called a man after God's own heart. Now that's encouraging to me because David was flawed. David was a sinful man in many regards. Uh, We all know that he committed, we call them one of the big sins. You know, anytime you talk about murder, 
I mean, that's a big one, right? You know, it's like, well, I've, I've lied a few times. Well, David didn't just lie. David was a killer. David killed somebody. David committed adultery. Now, did that mean that David, because he was in a relationship with God, that he got off scot-free? No, David faced consequences because of sin. Now, you read about David's life. He lost his family. It's sad. Uh, David's son, uh, sons and grandsons, what ended up happening to them as time went on, they ended up losing their kingdom. So there were consequences that came with David's sin. But the good news was this, that David, because he was in God, did not face condemnation because of his sin. And that's what the Bible tells us when we're in Christ. We, sin no longer has jurisdiction over us. Romans 7, 4 tells us we have died to the law. That means that we are, when we are in Christ, we are free from the law. Now, how did that happen? Well, if you look in verse number 3, it says that God sent Jesus here in the flesh to satisfy the law on our behalf. And so we are now, instead of being under the jurisdiction of the law, which condemns, we are now under the jurisdiction of Jesus. Now, let me try to explain it to you like this. I was trying to think of an example, and uh, this is, you know, this is a little bit telling of my age, but... uh, uh, how many of y'all remember Nadia Comaneci? It's a Nadia Comaneci, or okay. So y'all are all about my age, so that's good. Okay, so y'all remember this. So Nadia Comaneci. So the, the reason why she is famous is because she was a gymnast. Now, what was what did she do? Do y'all remember? It's a, it's a perfect. She's the first person to ever score a perfect ten in gymnastics. Did you know that, Cindy? Say, golly, you're so young. Okay, so this is, 19, this is 1976. Okay, 1976, and so she did this for Romania. She ended up winning the gold medal. Now, she became like a superstar whenever that happened. So she went back home to communist Romania, and she really basically began working for the government. But you know what happened? She got older, she got older. She kind of, her skills kind of deteriorated because she got taller and all those different things that come with getting older. And so the government no longer wanted to use her anymore. So they just began, they sort of pushed her to the side. And now she's, li- she's living like everybody else. You know what she wanted? She wanted freedom. I mean, she couldn't stand living under that system. And so what she wanted to do, wanted to do was to leave her country. Now, for her to leave, that was illegal. Her, her country would not allow that. So she snuck out of the country and she ended up in the United States. Now, because she ended up in the United States, she was no longer under the jurisdiction of Romania, but now she was under the jurisdiction of America, so she had freedom. Okay, in a, in a roundabout way, that is what I mean when I say that Jesus gives us freedom. When we come to him, we are now under his jurisdiction and not under the law's jurisdiction, which will condemn you and me every time. That's how we become Iron Men. Give yourself to Jesus, and you will have freedom from judgment. Here's another thing I want to point out. When you're in Christ, when you're suited up in Jesus, you're going to have freedom of the mind. Freedom of the mind. Verse verse number, let's see, verse 5. It says, for those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. But those whose lives are according to the Spirit, about the things of the Spirit, for the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh, it is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law, for it is unable to do so. 
Now, in these verses, Paul makes a distinction, or he points out that there's two different ways of life that you can have, two different ways that you can use your mind. You can use your mind for the things of the flesh, the things of this world, or you can use your mind for the things of God. Now, Paul says if you decide you're going to live according to your flesh, he said, for those who live according to the flesh, they will think about the things of the flesh. Well, I don't know about y'all, but here's what I know about myself. I'm flesh. Makes sense to me that I'm going to think like the flesh, because that's who I am. Well, how does the flesh think? How, does nor- how do normal people think on their own? Well, Galatians 5, 19-21 tells us what's the normal stuff of the flesh. And this is true, this is true for you, and it's true for me. This is, this is our nature right here. Galatians 5, 19-21. Now the works of the flex, flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery. Now you might be thinking, I'm doing pretty good so far on this list. Okay, this is where it starts getting convicting. Hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. You want to know who we are as people? Take a look at that list right there. That is who we are in our nature. And you say, well, how do you know that? It's real simple, because I know some of y'all. I'm just kidding, because I know me, right? And I know, and I can sit there and I can go, well, I haven't done that. But you know what? I might not have done some of those things. I can tell you one thing I have done. I thought about some of those things. I've never killed anybody. I thought about it. I mean, just go through that list. Now, that's, God... I am bound in my flesh, and I need freedom from that kind of guard. I was, I was driving yesterday from downtown Columbia, and I was like, God, I need freedom from some of this junk on this list in my own life. I need freedom from that. And Paul says, if, I decide to, if you decide to live in the flesh, you will be enslaved by it, and its reward is death. You know, a person who does not follow Jesus, you you can be alive physically, but spiritually you are dead. And if you are dead spiritually, then that means you will not respond to the moving of God's Spirit in your life and the conviction that He brings into your life. You know, what happens is as I live apart from God, I become desensitized to the things of God. You know, it's it's really interesting to me. You know, whenever I was... um, but before I, now here's Emily's influence on me. So whenever I was younger, and I told y'all, she was a math teacher and I was 11 when we started dating. So uh, whenever I was younger, I would, uh, there were things that I would watch on television and uh, movies that I would watch, and I didn't think a thing about it. Matter of fact, and this is not speaking well of me, the first time I took Emily out on a date, you know what the first movie I took Emily to see was? Goodfellas. Hey, that's a winner. Uh, don't ever watch that movie, by the way. But our first date. Okay, she was absolutely mortified. Okay, I was desensitized until I began to hang around her more and more, and then I began to get offended and bothered by some of the things that I was seeing because because I was dating Emily. But as I hung around those things and did those things over and over again, words and visuals that I saw, I was totally desensitized to those things. Okay, that is a mind of the flesh. I I don't want to be I don't want to be desensitized to things that are evil. 
you know, I, I, want to be, I, I want to be sensitive to those things, but I have to have the mind of Christ for that to happen. Now, here's what happens. Whenever, whenever you turn yourself over to Jesus, then, then Jesus takes over your mind. He works in your mind. And he's the one who has the mind of Christ who will escape life, or excuse me, he will escape death and find life and uh, peace and life. Uh, Proverbs eleven nineteen says, He who is steadfast in righteousness, it says, will attain to life. And he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. Now, there's no doubt that we all die, right? It says that the person who has the mind of Christ will live, the person who has the mind of the flesh will die. You're thinking, well, is that, we're all going to die. I mean, when's the last time you ever went to somebody's 600th birthday party? I mean, it doesn't happen. And the reason why it doesn't happen is because people live and people die. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die. We die because of sin. But if you have the mind of Christ, death is only a transitional stage. You will move from this life into a new life. That's why we want our minds to be transformed. That's why we want to have minds like the Iron Man that are protected from the things of this world. Now, the things of the flesh can be appealing for a while. You know, if, if you live according to the flesh, I mean, you're living for your own way, you're living for your own desires, and you think, I don't want to live for the things of Christ because that means I've got to, you know, I've got to practice discipline and miss out on all the fun stuff. But it's only going to be fun for a while. You know, I, I liken the following Christ. It's almost like exercise. You know, on the outside exercise, you think, this is not fun. I mean, you ever say, how many people do you see that, you know, and you, and I, you always think they're faking it. You know, people like, I mean, like James. Uh, James is on vacation this week, but, you know, James talks about how much he loves to exercise. And I'm like, he's lying. He does not like to exercise. Because the only thing you do is you, I mean, he comes to the office with boiled eggs and eats them for lunch. And I was like, God, that is not, that's not even godly. And uh, so, you know, but, but here's the deal. So it, it, it may, you, you, you're tired and you sweat and, you know, you, you're sore. But when you do it, what happens? You get stronger. You have more energy. You're able to accomplish more. Okay, in a sense, that, that's what Jesus does for us. When we turn our minds over to him, he strengthens us. He makes us different. So being suited up in Jesus, it gives us freedom from judgment. It gives us the freedom of the mind, but then here's probably one of the greatest things to me. It gives us freedom from the body. Freedom from the body, verses 9 through 11. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, since the spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, what does it say? It says the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Now, to me, if you don't have verse number 11 underlined, you ought to underline that. It's a powerful promise that we have from God. One of the most powerful statements to me is verse, uh, verse number 11. Because what we are being told here is that we are given freedom from the body. Now you might think, well, if, if, if I'm going to have freedom from the body, then, then what, is that going to, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, what it means is you have freedom from the body and the consequences of the body because whenever God comes to live within you, he changes you. That makes everything different. 
1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God, He lives in you. It's great news. And because He lives in us, He gives life. He will give you life. Jesus said in John 5.24, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes Him who sent me, here's the promise, He has eternal life. And will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now, we all know everybody will die. You live, and then you die. That is the natural process of things. Our bodies that we have, as time goes on, they grow weak. These bodies were not made to last forever. And it's, it's a little bit shocking as you get older and you begin to realize that for the first time. You know, whenever you're younger, you can, you can eat whatever you want to and your stomach is a bottomless pit. And you don't ever gain a pound. And then there's people I've talked to and they say, I don't eat anything and I look at a donut and I gain five pounds. You know, whenever you're younger, you need haircuts. When you get older... You need haircuts in different places. It's bizarre. And so, you know, there's just strange things that happen to the body. You get older and you get tired. You get worn out. But here's the really interesting thing. If you are in Christ, he says he gives us freedom from the body. Now, as I said, everyone's destined to die. But, but here's the thing. Not everyone is destined to live forever in heaven. There is a life that is beyond this life. And it is a life that is promised to those who are followers of Jesus. You see, Jesus gives us freedom from the destiny of the body when it breaks down. Jesus said in John 6, 63, The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't, doesn't help at all. The words that I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. We can be assured that we will have life beyond, beyond the grave because of verse number 11. It says the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit who dwells in you and who will raise you from the dead whenever you die. Jesus said in John 14, 19, because I live, he said, you shall live. Now in our verses, in our verses Paul was speaking of a physical resurrection, but he's also speaking of an, of an attitudinal resurrection as well. Let me try to explain. Before we come into a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that we are enslaved to sin. But once we come into a relationship with Christ, where our bodies for so long have lived under the dominion of sin, we are now made alive to serve God. When you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you immediately. He doesn't wait till you die and then says, now I'm going to come into you. He comes to live in you immediately so that you can live in this life free. Free from judgment, the judgment of God. Free from a fleshly mind. And free from the deterioration and the fear of death. He comes to live in us now so that as we live, people can see us and say, there is something different about that person over there. You know, it's like, it's like people, are, the, the world is shooting bullets at us, and we are boldly walking in the midst of it, saying, I am living without fear because I belong to Jesus. 
and my life is forever secure in him. Now, the guy who wrote this was a guy who knew all about this. It was the Apostle Paul. Now, think about Paul. If you just remember anything about Paul or know anything about Paul, you remember what Paul did before he became a follower of Jesus? He used to persecute Christians. Try to shut down the church. He was there whenever the deacon Stephen was murdered. He participated in that. He hated Christians. And then you look at him like, well, what happened to the guy? He's a follower of Jesus. When you're reading this stuff, here's what happened. He went from a mind of the flesh to a mind of the spirit. As he was making his way to Damascus in order to persecute Christians, Jesus met him on the road. And he blinded him. And he got Paul's attention. And all of a sudden, Paul said, Jesus is the living God. And he gave his life to Christ. And you know what happened to Paul? Paul became the most prolific writer of all of Scripture. Paul became the greatest missionary known to man. Paul started more churches effectively than anybody in all of Christian history. What happened? He got suited up in Jesus. He became an Iron Man. His life was transformed. He discovered freedom. Now, freedom is an incredible concept. As, as Americans, we, we, have, you know, we are the nation that is the picture of freedom in our world. And yet, even though we have freedom, we still have the, problem, the same problem as everybody else in the world. We're people. We're people who need to experience freedom from the flesh. And that can happen as we give ourselves to Jesus. And as we do this, we suit ourselves up in Jesus. He gives us freedom from judgment. Can you imagine if you really live that way and believe that? That you are free from the condemnation and the judgment of sin. Man, that ought, that ought to lower your blood pressure. You are no longer condemned. We have freedom of the mind. We don't have to be, we don't have to be sucked in to what the world says will bring you pleasure and joy and hope. We don't have to succumb to those things. We can have freedom in Christ knowing that Jesus wants to give us the mind of Christ and then to have freedom from the body. Now think about that. Yeah, we all, we're all getting older. Can you imagine what it would be like to know, you know what, this body that I have, it is a temporary body and Jesus has promised to give me an update one day. And the suffering and the pain that I might experience here, it will not last forever. Because I have a God who's promised to make me new. And all that's possible. Because we have a God who infuses us with his strength to make us iron men. To live beyond fear. He's made us a people who are no longer under condemnation. I'll close with this verse, Romans 8.1. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those, here's the key, who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Jesus? If you're in Jesus, you're an iron man. If you're not in Jesus, this life is all you have. And then it ends. Be in Jesus. Now what I'd like for us to do is I'd like for us to bow our heads and we'll close our eyes. And I just want this to be an opportunity 
for us to simply deal with the Lord. And there'd be, there could be some of you and you say, you know what, I, I, man, I'm not an iron man. You know, I'm living under condemnation according to Scripture. I'm a person of the flesh. I'm a person who lives in order to fulfill my own, my own desires, my own pleasures. That I desire, and I desire freedom, freedom from condemnation. And that's you, just where you're seated. Why don't you just simply pray to the Lord, pray to Jesus where you're seated. And say, Jesus, I pray for your freedom. Lord, I need freedom for my sin, and so I am asking you for forgiveness. God, forgive me. I turn away from that. Jesus, I, I, I'm entrusting my life to you. I am believing that you are the Son of God. I believe, Jesus, that you lived and that you died and that you rose from the grave. So, Jesus, I'm asking you to rescue and save me today.